the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And yes, he's back, David D'Agresta, back from killing Bambi and birds and all kinds of stuff. So he'll be, uh, I'm going to get you to share that picture with us at some point, David. That's a cool, cool shot. No, maybe not. No, maybe. Anyhow, so thanks for being back on the show, Dave. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the show. Also, a shout out to uh, Galls, our sponsors. Hey, and, and hey, on Galls, we're giving away a free $50 Galls gift card today. It's going to be a call-in, so stay tuned for that. That'll happen after, uh, well, that'll happen during our second commercial. So it's 12 noon. We're actually 12.06 right now, so in about, uh, what, uh, what we got, like uh, 24 minutes, we'll be doing the uh, the contest. So stay tuned for that call-in, guys. We're not going to do one on the computer. Everybody, whether you're watching you know, the show uh, via streaming or whether you're listening to it, uh, podcast or radio, you will be able to call in to get that free $50 Galls gift card. Um, so in addition to the Galls, we have aufire.com, gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com, mymedicare.live. And hey, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at tampafp.com for carrying our content. And also Ray Dietrich with redvoicemedia.com. We're streaming the eight locations. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages have about a million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Uh, guys, we have a, a a great lineup. But first, David, you're back. I know it's been, a, I think it's been a few weeks since you've been on the show. How did everything go? And did you miss us? Uh, yeah, I had a good time. A little vacation, road trip, hunting trip, a lot of fun. Um, a lot of miles hiked through the, uh, the plains of Kansas, chasing pheasants and pheasant and quail. It was a good time with our with our bird dogs. It was a lot of fun. The dogs had a good time. Oh yeah, Built no for injuries. It. Nope, built and born for it. It was good. Well, injury to me, <laughs> but other than that, no big deal. <laughs> no, nothing major. Nothing that's not going to heal. We're all good. Any picture you want to share with us? Any pictures? Come I mean, on, I, we know, we, I, we need I a can... visual for the show. Maybe a producer will might put it up as a graphic. You never know. So I'm not sure. There's. There's one out. There's one oh, with yeah. me and the dog out in the the uh, the plains of, of Kansas, North Central Kansas, um, out there. It was a lot of fun. I'm just picture the pictures in your mind there, uh, people on the radio. <laughs> and there's and there's the uh, there's there's the glamour shot. That's right. Well, you know what? We'll have it'll be included on the produced version of the show tomorrow morning, Jimmy. But you're right. Our, yeah. our audio listeners, you can't see the pictures, but. Yeah, David's in the field with his uh, with his dog, and they all have smiles on their faces. Yes, including the dog, except for except for the pheasants. You know, yeah, the pheasants smiling. aren't smiling at that point. No, no, they're not, they're not smiling at all. Nope. All right, all right. So, uh, well, look, uh, thanks. I know you hooked up with some law enforcement while you're out there, and I'm sure that you were uh, you know spreading the word about the show. So I appreciate oh, yeah. that. I appreciate that, David. That's another story. You want to talk about that? No, not really. Not really? Okay. All right. So, hey, moving along. Yeah, we got our listeners wondering now what in the world what in the world happened. Hey, we so we got a main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So on police one, heavy load in pocket and other factors did not justify a frisk. I mean, I got more questions than answers after reading this. This is just kind of wacky. But United States versus Critchfield, a federal agent on his way to work, saw a guy named Daniel Porter Critchfield walking out of an alley near a house that the agent believed was vacant. So Critchfield made eye contact with the agent who perceived Critchfield, I'm going to call him our bad guy, um, had an, when they look at each other, the FBI agent thought that the bad guy had like an, oh, no, I'm caught look on his face, you know, one of those deer in the headlight looks. So the agent watches our bad guy who repeatedly looks over his shoulder the agent gets to his car, follows the bad guy. He sees Critchfield, or Critchfield doubling back towards the alley, notices the front pocket of his uh, hooded sweatshirt, 
had something heavy in it the way that it was uh, hanging and so heavy that it was falling below his crotch. So the agent calls a local officer who happened to be a friend of his, reports that he'd seen a suspicious subject in his neighborhood, described Critchfield's appearance and location. So two officers respond. They find our bad guy walking away from the area. They stop him, discover a sweatshirt uh, pocket actually had a gun in it, had a flashlight, and a small silver container with a variety of controlled substances, drugs. Critchfield was indicted for possessing a firearm while being an unlawful user of a controlled substance. He was he uh, asked the trial court to su- trial court to suppress the gun and other physical evidence, arguing that the officers lacked reasonable suspicion for the stop. The court denied the motion, but then he enters a conditional plea that preserved his right to appeal the suppression denial. So the prosecution argued that our bad guy was suspected of theft, uh, not of the drug or the gun crimes, which he was ultimately charged with, and that there was reasonable suspicion for investigating whether or not he was involved in a theft. And the appellate court disagreed. They vacated the conviction. The court listed the facts known to the officers at the time of the stop as follows. They said that they knew Critchfield had a weighed down sweatshirt pocket. He had walked through a residential neighborhood, passed an occasionally occupying home next to a commercial area in broad daylight. He had behaved evasively when a resident, the federal agent, uh, had watched him and followed him. The court held that these circumstances, without more, did not rise to a reasonable suspicion of theft. Now, the, it goes on to say the, weight, the weighted sweatshirt did not create, and there in the court's mind, reasonable suspicion that our bad guy had a weapon or burglary tools. The officer testified that a, head, a, a hooded sweatshirt with a bulge in these circumstances could be any number of things. They got him to say that. The court also noted that it was not necessarily illegal for a citizen to carry a concealed weapon. And a dissenting judge, though, quipped that reasonable suspicion is a low hump to get over, and to be reasonable is not to be perfect. He quoted a case law on that, and he said, now look, this is how the dissenting judge, the one that did not agree with the two other judges that passed this, this law and, uh, and sided with the bad guy, he said, don't let the majority's positive spin on Critchfield's behavior fool you. If you scratch off the rose-colored tent, the officer's concerns come in the view that there was a split in the judge's views illustrates the close calls in assessing reasonable suspicion. Now, um, it also says that um, Crutchfield, when they asked him for consent to frisk, they're actually recommending that, you know, I guess in hindsight, the officer could have asked for permission to frisk him and asked for consent to reach into the sweatshirt pocket. That's kind of like a, a 2020 hindsight deal. But that that's yeah, what no. we have. David, yeah. uh, how do you feel yeah, about no. this? Yeah, no. Where's our friend Anthony Bandier? You need him for blue to gold. Um, this is his specialty is, right. is search and seizure type stuff. But I think I've 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 been around Anthony enough and, and listened to him long enough to where I can kind of figure where he would go with this. Um, like like the author of the article said, who um, who we like his work. Um, it was Ken, Ken Wallington, you know, right? It, yeah, I think it was was it? Yeah, Wallentine who always does good work. And on this case said initially, because, you know, what else do you want the officers to do here? But here was, here is where I believe the mistake was made both. And I don't know if it was made by the officers or was made by the prosecutor, because in the article, it says the prosecution argued Critchfield was suspected of theft. And that's the mistake is, is trying to say that he was suspected of a specific crime. When you do a Terry stop, when you are confronting a person on the street to do a Terry stop <clears throat> for reasonable, reasonable suspicion, um, you need to stay, stay broad. It's one of those things where you say, listen, we saw this behavior. 
the, the totality of his behavior coming out of an alleyway by a house that there's been problems at. Being evasive when some, when he sees that someone sees him. Um, the, and then when the officers make contact with him, the, the bulge or the heavy hanging um, sweatshirt all give you reasonable, reasonable suspicion that this person may have or may be committing a crime. It's not that we think that he committed a specific crime. Oh, the bulge in his jacket means he, he committed theft. No. The evasiveness means he committed theft. It is the possibility that he committed some crime that we are investigating, not a specific crime. We don't know what he did, but his behavior and other cues tell a reasonable officer or give a reasonable officer the suspicion that this person might be involved in a criminal activity. We don't know what it is yet. Hence, we investigate. So I but contact this he doesn't even have to have committed a crime, though, right? I mean, right. He, it's just he, I didn't he say I didn't is committing or is going to commit, or maybe, or or might commit. It, and like I said, that's why I said when the prosecution said he was he was suspected of theft, that was a mistake by going down that road and making it specific. So again, I don't know what the officers did on scene. I don't know how they contacted him. I don't know what questions they asked of him to try to okay, hey man, tell me what you're doing out here. Why you behave this way? Make me okay with this, you know. Um, ease my concern. You give them that opportunity, but then I'm looking at the bulge in your jacket, and I'm going, "Yeah, but I'm going to pat you down to make sure." Oh, it's a gun. Now, now the gloves come off. We're, it's it's all over. I own you now. You belong to me. So right. that's where the problem was. Was when they got too specific on a on, on a law, the Terry stop that does not demand specificity. It simply demands or asks, as the other judge said, a low hump of saying, okay, this guy is doing something that is just suspicious. He's coming out of an alleyway, avoid, you know, being evasive when people see him. Oh crap, I gotta go hide. Oh, I'm caught. Oh, oh no. And he does all those things and you have it. You have it right there. And then the bulge is the pat down. The bulge or the heavy hanging jacket is, hey, brother, what? just let me make sure that's not a gun. And you don't search, you don't go in his pockets. You don't ask to go in his pockets. You don't. You do an exterior feel pat down of, oh, that's, and my keen police mind tells me that's a go. gun. Yeah. So now, now it's, it's all over but the crying because now you've got to show me that you have legal authority or legal ability to be carrying that gun concealed, depending on what the, the laws of that state are, how they, if, you know, what their concealed weapon laws are. If it's a, you know, no, you don't have to have a, to carry a concealed weapon. Okay, fine. I'm not arresting you, but I'm now I'm going to detain you until I can determine whether or not you're committing a crime. And that's how it comes together. But the way it's described in the article, that's not the way it, that's not the way they did it. So that Good. I, again, there wasn't enough detail as to what the officers did to really say one way or the other. Good catch. Anthony, David. tell me if I'm right. <laughs> Anthony Bandera, bluethegold.com. Hey, it's time to talk about golf. Hopefully, Davey will help me out with this one. Our first commercial break, we'll be right back. All right, guys. Yes, it's time to talk about the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. You know, as, uh, as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. Uh, Corporal David, I know you're a huge fan of Gauls. 
Do you know what's yeah, going on at Gauls? Under they got Under Armour twenty five percent off. They've got another boot selection with fifty percent off tactical boots, along with some other stuff. I mean, it's just constantly great stuff. Wow. Sales, you guys, what a huge opportunity and and a huge timing right now to get stuff at Gauls and. Hey, they have. I know we're getting ready to give a, a Gulls gift card. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway coming up in about you know eleven minutes. But uh, hey, they have gift cards for your family, friends, and loved ones of all the law enforcement. So don't wait any longer. Get that gift card for your family, friends, and loved ones. They'll be happy. Even firemen, those hose draggers, they'll love it too. Gulls.com/slash/leo. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, we're getting a lot of activity right now on our. On our stream right now, a lot of comments on the uh, on the first story. Any more uh, final words, David? Yeah, just one final wrap it up kind of a kind of a, a, a backstory kind of a thing. Um, the importance of the judiciary. I ch- I checked into the Fourth Circuit, which is where this went, and the majority of the court of eight, 17 or eighteen justices that are on that court, uh, the vast majority are are Obama, Clinton, and Biden appointees. And there's a few uh, W. Bush um, appointees, I think two, and a couple of Trump appointees. So when you look at this sort of thing, you understand the importance of appointing judiciaries. Good. Yeah. You know, it's easy to forget, but you're right. You're right. It comes down to it. Yeah, there are other jurisdictions where this may not have gone this way. But you did bring up a very interesting point about the argument they used. And, and I'll, you know, that that might have been a bad on the uh on the DA or the uh, or the SAO on that one. Um, well, guys, before we get to our, our, our next topic, I just want to remind you guys that we're going to be doing a free $50 Gulls gift card giveaway, but not yet. Now, we've got audio listeners, and, uh, you know, so obviously podcast hasn't gone out yet. So if you're listening to us on a podcast, the contest has already happened. But, hey, there are people listening to us live on the Boss Hog Radio Network. So I'm going to give that number out, that call in line, we just got, you're going to be calling in about six minutes and two seconds, and we'll let you know when to call in. But the number is area code 863-225-2000. So again, 863-225-2000. We've got a ticker on the screen right now with it as well. So whether you're listening to us on the radio or whether you're watching on the stream, anyone can call in to win this free $50 Gulls gift card. So it's a great opportunity. So Write that number down, guys, so you guys are ready for when the uh, contest starts, and it's going to be in five and a half minutes now. So going to our next topic, let's see what we got coming up here. Uh, we've got an update article, and it's on Police One. Former Maryland officer is acquitted of murder in a shooting of a handcuffed man that was in his cruiser. But listen to this. So Upper uh, Marlboro, Maryland. So this Maryland police officer is acquitted by jury of murder and other charges on Wednesday from the fatal shooting of a handcuffed man. The jury acquitted Michael Owen Jr. of all four charges, including second-degree murder, first-degree assault, voluntary manslaughter, and misconduct in office. It took the jury less than two hours of, deliberate, of deliberations to deliver the not guilty verdict, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Owen had served on the police force for 10 years, and so it makes it sound like he's not there anymore. And he came. He became the first officer in the county's history to ever be charged with murder in an on-duty killing. So Owen fatally shot William Green, 43 years old, when the handcuffed man was sitting in the front seat of the officer's police cruiser back in 2020. Now, I know what people are thinking. He wasn't in the back seat. We don't know what the department policy was or anything like that. I don't see it addressed in the article as well. So I'm, I'm assuming um, that it was not against policy for him to have the guy there. But in any case, uh, the guy was handcuffed sitting next to him in the front seat of the cruiser. Uh, the officer or Officer Owen's attorneys 
They claim at trial that he acted in self-defense during the struggle in which Green, the bad guy, tried to grab his gun. Now, the gun actually went off, and after it went off, our officer shot the bad guy six times. So the two sides, uh, the, the defense and the prosecution, were disputing a couple points. They agreed on a lot, obviously, that our cop pulled the trigger and stuff, but they, did, they um, disputed whether or not the struggle happened before the shooting and whether the officer, Owen, acted in self-defense. And several months after Green's death, in September of 2020, the county officials actually announced a $20 million settlement with the family. Ouch, I can't believe they settled for $20 million. Officer Owen had handcuffed Green behind his back after responding to a traffic accident, found him sleeping in his vehicle, apparently under the influence of an unknown substance. Officer Owen then put Green in the front passenger seat of the patrol car, and Owen was not wearing a body camera, so we don't have any video for that. Corporal David. Yeah, um, I remember years ago seeing troopers with people in the front seat of their cars, and that never made me feel good. I mean, thats I don't care where he's handcuffed, he or she, it's just... That's just a bad idea. That's what happened here. And the article said he was handcuffed behind his back. How he managed to get a hold of the officer's gun, I mean, that's a trick, but it goes off. The The details are kind of, I didn't look it up. I didn't look the case up. Um, the details are kind of thin as far as were they struggling over the gun? Did, did the bad guy still have a hold of the gun in the car as the officer is wresting it away from him and maybe turning the gun toward him and pulling the trigger a bunch of times? So, or six times. So, you know, what exactly happened inside the car is the trial court jury heard and they decided, okay, no, the $20 million is pretty disgusting. Um, why you would do that, why you would settle so quickly on a guy that, you know, grabs a cop's gun and tries, hey, why, why would you do that? I mean, it's just disgusting as far as I'm concerned for, for that county in Maryland to do that. But that's what we're talking about in the Northeast. I mean, they, they reward criminals and, uh, and try to, hold the uh, officer or prosecute the officer for murder. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. It, if he lost his job or left, I'm hoping that this vindication will allow him to uh, stay in law enforcement if he so chooses and, and to go to an agency that will actually, yeah. you know, have his back. So, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't look all that stuff up, but I mean, you can tell he probably either got fired or, or resigned pending being fired by, from this, this County agency or the agency within this County. Um, considering the article, he was probably up against it there. There was no way he was going to get a a break or a fair shake in, the, in that scenario other than to go to trial. And I'm glad it just it, it came out the way that it did. Well, uh, we got enough time to, uh, I guess, whet the appetite for our next story that's got a video component. It's hard to find a good news story of the day without a video component. So look for our radio and audio listeners. We'll describe in great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And, of course, our live show is Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, 12 to 1 o'clock p.m. on Eastern Time. But we take that live show and we professionally produce it by injecting and embedding the, any videos that we talk about, the good, uh, pictures of the good guys and the bad guys, and we put that on our Rumble channel the very next day at 9 o'clock in the morning, and that happens Tuesday through Saturday. So stay loyal to your podcast and radio station. They're bringing you this quality content. If you've got to see a video that we're talking about, if our description is not good enough, you can watch it, of course, the next morning on, on a Rumble channel. Um, I've also got the ticker going with the uh, – the uh, contest call-in phone number that we're going to be starting in a few. In fact, I'll just go ahead and uh, and uh, whet the appetite with the next story, and then I'll give the uh, the phone number again. But the next story that we're going to be talking about, it's at rumble.com. This is Butter. Dash and body cam footage shows a woman with multiple warrants leading police on a chase through Kettering.
So that said, guys, our contest is getting ready to start. 863-225-2000. That's for the free $50 golf gift card. Again, area code 863-225-2000. So go ahead and start calling in. Producer Jimmy during the commercial break will be answering the line and taking your information. 863-225-2000. It's starting right now. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for being with us. And hey, it's time to talk about our, one of our sponsors, so please be loyal to our sponsors. And, hey, it's bluethegold.com. If you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures like we just talked about and the liability of getting it wrong, say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to, and they give the training for free thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. And they're talking about anonymous tips next week because, frankly, you cannot afford not to bluethegold.com. Now, also want to talk to you guys about AUFire.com. It stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's at AUFire.com. It's a gold standard of tactical simulation. You can go, I'll tell you what, go to the website, check out these cool videos. They use TENS units to um, to disable body parts. Your shooting hand, uh, maybe in your back, simulates being shot. It's not painful. It works. And, guys, this is this is a game changer, AUFire.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City. So, Producer Jimmy, we have a winner, don't we? Yes, we do. I have Charlotte Strickland, who's a Boss Hog Radio listener out of Lakeland, won the $50 Galls gift certificate. We will have that to you shortly. Yeah, we will uh, We will email that to Charlotte. We have her email address. So as soon as the show's over, Charlotte, I'm hopping on the, uh, on the Outlook email, and I'll get that thing to you. So congratulations. Hopefully you got big plans for uh, that $50 Galls gift card. So I um, appreciate you watching the show. So, guys, we left off uh, what your appetite for the next storyline. And, look, there are some cool videos in, in, involved with this stuff. But so Dash of Body Cam footage shows a woman with multiple warrants leading police on a chase through Kettering. This is, of course, on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. It's at Rumble.com. And This Is Butter is actually conversing with us on the stream right now. So we have a, a new cruiser cam and a body cam that's showing a woman with multiple warrants. So she's what we call, Jimmy, a bad girl. All right, she's a bad girl. I know you know all about bad girls, Jimmy. Not the good kind of bad girl, though. <laughs> no. no, I don't know. But uh, anyhow, she leads police on a chase through uh, the town on Tuesday night. Pursuit began shortly before 8.30 p.m. Officers had originally gotten information um, from cameras that a driver with multiple warrants was passing through the area. So the suspect identified as Angela Hendricks, was wanted for numerous, uh, imagine this, she's already wanted for numerous uh, failure to comply incidents. All right, that's how they, that's a nice way of putting it. Hendricks has fled from police multiple times in the past when officers have attempted to stop her. So she's one of these challenging ones, apparently. So I guess they never, David, caught her after the fact and charged her. You know, they had tags and all this stuff. Amazing. Officers locate the vehicle in this particular instance, and they attempt um, a vehicle intercept. So Hendricks proceeds to ram two Kettering police cruisers, and continues to flee in her car. So two other officers not in the intercept, they continue in pursuit. So stop sticks ended up being deployed by another agency, the Miami Township Police. And as the vehicle starts to slow down due to the stop sticks taking effect, an officer is able to conduct a successful pit maneuver, and we love those precision immobilization techniques. They're great, and uh, it terminates the pursuit. Now, Hendricks is taken into custody, charges are pending for failure to comply, actually felony possession of drugs and felonious assault. That's probably the ramming along with the three misdemeanor warrants that she had uh, through uh, KPD and a, and a felony warrant through the adult parole authority, which tells me that this is not her first rodeo. So, uh, so wow. Your, your thoughts, David, and on the pit, of course, you know, that it, there's so much more depth to the story than, than just the, the action we see on the video. You know, you've got somebody in a, in a town that, 
their policy undoubtedly is that uh, she's not a violent offender, so we're not going to pursue her. Um, uh, we're only going to take a certain amount of action, let the charges pile up, and hopefully sooner or later somebody takes her into custody before she kills somebody on the road. So, okay, I get that. That's fine. That's your policy. That's okay. Run with it. Now you have the officers that find her and they've decided that, or someone makes the decision, we've had enough. We're going to stop her. It's late at night. No traffic on the road. Let's take a hack at it. Okay. Um, and then the first thing that goes wrong is the, is the, is the blocking her in the first time when, they, when she stops or they get her stopped. And they've got this loose one car this way, one car that way. Ladies and gentlemen, to block somebody in, there needs to be contact on at least three sides. And when I say contact, the person in the car knows that you're there. You make it absolutely abundantly clear that you're there with the front bumper of your vehicle. And if you don't do that, she's going to do exactly what she did is back up, crack your car, and then take off, take off down the road around the car in front of her that's supposedly blocking her in, which they were not. Now it turns into something that you don't want, which is a pursuit. They utilize stop sticks and the like, you know, good job. Everything's fine. They do a pit, stop her. She's decided she's had enough. And now you got a bunch of cops jumping out of the car and they're all PO'd, no doubt, because they've had enough of this woman. And <laughs> they start drawing firearms again without blocking the car in tightly. And they're, they're, they're walking into a scenario now where if she decides, I'm still not stopping and she hits the gas, you've got to make, now you've got a decision to make because you're all out of your cars. She's not blocked in tight you're gonna you're gonna start shooting her there on the spot is that what's gonna happen um another one of those scenarios where all's well that ends well is a bad police policy best practices is your best policy which means if you're gonna block somebody in you block them in so they can't move and i don't care what that how what that takes but that's what you do before you get out of your car and start screwing your gun into her ear. You heard her comply to get out of the car, which thankfully she did this time. You know, you hear the guys, they're yelling about crossfire and cops are walking around. And it's, it's. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, you could have done this way better, way cleaner, um, considering the circumstances. But in the end, she went to jail and nobody else got hurt, which... I guess if, if that's if you're going with the all's well that ends well uh, theory of police work, then you, you did fine. But do better. Yeah, do better. Training, training, training. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. Well, we've got another one. Uh, you know, uh, we're still on our favorite law enforcement video channel. This is Butter at Rumble.com. But Springfield Police this time, they released footage of an officer shooting at a uh, at a juvenile Detention center. It, it, it's crazy. The uh, Springfield Police Department releases body cam footage of the officer involved shooting. And now it's Sagamon County Juvenile Detention Facility. He's inside shooting. Yes, he's inside. Somehow he's got a gun. He has a he's hostage. Black. He has a hostage with him. Where did you last see him at? He, he's out of control. Room. He has a holding. He was holding. Did he shoot me once? Uh, I think he did. Yes. You think he did? Who is he holding hostage? One of the other residents, a female, and he just shot through the window at me. He needs. Okay, so he's holding a he's holding a female resident hostage. He's got a female resident hostage. He just blew a window right next to me when I was trying to get into another room with another resident. 
We need as many. As you will witness, even though the suspect has been shot and the weapon dislodged from his hand, he still attempts to regain control of it, at which time the officer fires another round. The officer recognizes the suspect has now raised his hands in the air, at which time he requests immediate and medical attention. Also at this time, the hostage is taken away to safety by the officer in training. This happened on September the 30th. So the information was received that the subject was armed, had possibly shot an individual, and was holding another one hostage. Now, it starts off with there is surveillance footage on this thing showing it go down, but then you get to see the officers arriving from a body cam. And, and, and thank God, I love it when the cops take the time when they show up, they get out the long gun out of the trunk, which made a big difference. Uh, information was received that this guy's armed, possibly shot an individual, he hold another hostage. So when, uh, when the officers get there, they encounter the armed subject at the entrance to the facility, and the Springfield police officer shoots a suspect, but he ends up shooting him twice. There's two different um, strings of fire. So the injured suspect is taken by ambulance to the uh, St. John's Hospital. He succumbs to his injury, so he's, he's dead. And all the officers involved in the incident have been cleared by the uh, state's attorney's office, which is perfect, what you want to hear. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of how this thing went down because we have David DeGrest on the show, and he's he's no one's better than David at doing this. So, David, the floor is yours. Well, I'm looking at how much time I got. Um, you know, this is one of those things where you start with some of the simple theories like smooth is fast. And this officer, a, a, a training officer, a veteran officer. He's been there for a number of years. He has a trainee in the car with him. He's giving he's giving instructions to his trainee as as they're arriving to what, in essence, is an active shooter. That's what they're that's what they're responding to. Now, we could. I want to know how this kid got this gun inside a juvenile de detention facility. That's what I want to know. And it was never addressed in the article. Nobody said anything about it. Right. God, I hope there's an investigation going on there because somebody needs to swing for that one. <laughs> but beyond that, um, the, uh, the 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 officer's responding. He understands the scenario he's coming up to. He par he get parks his car at, at a good distance, gets out, and he gets his long gun. There was it was smooth. There was no you know this rushing. Oh my god, I've got to hurry type of thing. It was smooth, and therefore it was fast. He loaded the gun, got it got it engaged, and 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 went toward the building. The kid pops out with the gun in his hand and. It was, there was very little hesitation. He had a clean shot and he took it, immediately put the kid down. Didn't kill him there on the spot. The hostage, whoever that was, screaming at the top of her lungs, starts to get away from the kid. As the officer continues to advance, he doesn't stop. He doesn't back up. He doesn't go to, he continues to advance. He fights forward because the kid is, he's not dead yet. He's scrambling, trying to get back to the gun gets his hand on the pistol again that was on the ground there, and the officer lights him up a second time and puts an end to it. And the only reason he was able to do that is because he continued to advance toward the threat. The other officers grabbed the victim, drug her out of the way, screaming at the top of her lungs. I mean, shut up. Um, but in the end, that officer uh, did everything 
smoothly and therefore quickly. And it, it ended quickly. It was amazing how fast it was over with because he stayed calm and smooth. So big lesson to take away out of this. Smooth is fast. Yeah. And, and, and you know, if you're watching the video, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but he's shooting through plate glass, it looked like, in order to uh, no, 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 it hit plate glass behind the kid. The kid had come out of the door of the he had he had gotten this girl hostage, forced his way out of the of the uh, building through a couple of interior doors, got so to the exterior door. Okay. No, there was the nothing between him. It was a little it was like a little alcove that was surrounded like in a, my on three mind, sides. I'm thinking yeah, no. that there was glass in front, but there wasn't. Okay. No, no, he came out the front door. And that's where the officer engaged him. But I, it appeared that a bullet struck the glass behind the kid, whether it was it, probably the AR, because it was a pretty big, a pretty big spider web in the window um, for it to be a, a smaller handgun caliber. But struck the, the glass behind the kid, uh, behind the bad guy. One round did either went through the kid or, or a, a miss that that uh, struck the glass and put him down. So, yeah, he was outside. All right, excellent. Well, yeah, we got some more stuff coming, guys. Stick with us. This will be our last commercial break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all patches of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com, gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. We got David D. Gresser. Did we exhaust the last topic, David? Are we pretty much good with that? We've got an interesting story coming up. Before we go there, though, I did want to mention where I'm going to be tomorrow. So it's called Pulling for Education. It's a Memorial Sporting Clay Shoot Tournament. And uh, so it's the, uh, yeah, the sixth annual Memorial Sporting Clay Foundation or fundraiser. It's December the 9th, and it's at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays, and that's in Land Lakes, Florida. So the uh, website, in case anybody wants more information on this, I'll be the MC out there. It is uh, hcpssecuritycharity.net, and that stands for Harrisburg County Public Schools securitycharity.net so hcps securitycharity.net it's a, a worthy cause i was there last year be back there tomorrow and uh chief our panelist chief john newman will uh, will be out there as well so i'm sure that uh we'll still if your ears are burning tomorrow david uh because we will be talking about the uh the french video with the uh taser the uh, alcohol-based uh you know carrier agent and the uh the guy that got lit on fire. We will be talking about that tomorrow. Yeah, they don't. They don't invite me to those. Like, I break too many clays, and everybody gets upset. It's it's terrible. Is that, is that what happens? Oh, all right. So, look, um, interesting story that we have here. I'm on an update, and it is an update for a reason. Here on Police One, they talk about a former Colorado officer. He actually pleads guilty to parking his cruiser 
on railroad tracks after a detainee was severely injured. <laughs> We've covered the story a number of times. There was a female officer that was actually filmed taking the the uh, the prisoner and putting him in a uh, or, or I think it was a female prisoner putting him in um, I think another cruiser at some point. So I thought that it was it was a female that originally parked the cruiser on the tracks, but it was a male from what I remember. So we're in Denver. So a former Colorado police officer pled guilty on Tuesday to one count of reckless endangerment for parking his patrol car on railroad tracks before a handcuffed woman was put inside and seriously injured when it was hit by a freight train. I'm sorry to laugh, but I mean, just the, the fact that this even happened. Pablo Vasquez had been charged with five misdemeanor counts of reckless endangerment in connection with this crash. It injured Yereni Rios last year, but reached a plea deal with prosecutors. So the judge sentenced Vasquez to 12 months of unsupervised probation. If he stays out of trouble during the time, and then the misdemeanor charge will actually be dismissed and the case will be sealed, according to the KUSA TV. Another former officer who put the woman in the patrol car after the traffic stop, Jordan Stinky, Stinky, yeah, I love that name, uh, was found guilty of reckless endangerment and assault for the crash near Platteville. And a judge acquitted her, so this is the female, of criminal attempt to commit manslaughter after a bench trial back in July. So Stanky was sentenced, though, to 30 months of supervised probation. So the other one, the guy got unsupervised. She gets a longer term and a supervised 30 months and 100 hours community service after both prosecutors and defense attorneys asked for her not to be sent to jail. Wow. David, any commentary on that? I mean, I can't believe we're still talking about this. Yeah, this is one of those cases that I'm sorry, but I just I just absolutely don't agree with any of it. Um, you know, you've got police officers on the street and they're they're doing their they're they're working. It's it's you know, maybe a little bit of a chaotic situation and and somebody you know, takes does something and we all looked at it and said, "Well, that was stupid." But to turn that into a criminal charge to turn a, a a lapse of judgment into a criminal charge is just that just wrong. no I, that's just wrong that's just wrong all the way across the board and they tried to charge this the, the female with with attempted some sort of attempted manslaughter what I I'm not going to look through the thing but um, attempted manslaughter I mean. What prosecutor, what judges in Colorado are getting to this point where when you when you have a lapse of judgment, it turns into a criminal offense? That's what I see this as. And it's to me, it's just wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I, crim, yeah, criminal attempt, criminal attempt to commit manslaughter. So and that makes it sound to me as if they are saying you Put this person in the car, saw it was on railroad tracks, and went, "Ooh, this could be fun." It, I, I don't get that. I, I just don't. Um, it, it makes no sense. It's, it's just wrong. It's just wrong, straight across the board. Yeah, people watching the show have got to understand that certain things we see. Look, we're there's a human factor here. Cops are human, so we're we're going to make mistakes. I mean, we're human. Yeah, I mean, right? it's so listen. As 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 Randy would say, write the check. Brett yeah. too, right? Just just scratch the check. Write the check. Make it a big one because yeah, absolutely. But, but to turn it into a criminal offense, but some guys, of these are cleaning I, issues or, or or just food bars that should never have happened. But you're but you're absolutely right. You, you know, know, making it turn it into a criminal yeah. component, completely wrong. 
Yeah, and you know me. I, 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 if I see something where I'm, where I, it makes me grit my teeth and rub, grind down molars, and say this cop's going to have a hard time getting away from a criminal offense, you know, he's going to get charged. I can see it coming. This, yeah. I'm sorry, but no, it's just that's just just wrong. Um, five, the, the other guy, they were going to charge him with five counts. You know, five counts of 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 um, misdemeanor counts of reckless endangerment. I, I mean. Five counts. It was one person. What, what did he do? Did he say put her in the car five times? Is that where you're getting I, that? I, I, I know. you know, how are they? I mean, yeah, this is just wrong. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Have I don't have information on the Colorado prosecutor. I don't know what jurisdiction they're in. Colorado and Denver are going, sorry, down the toilet um, yeah. with their liberal uh, bent and people moving there and turning it into another, you know, cesspool. So good luck with it. Um, guys, if that's the way it's going in Colorado, get out. Yeah, we got some good commentary from Lisa Winta and uh, Bo uh, Kavarv. So, um, so thanks, guys, for watching and commenting. Hey, uh, yeah, last, I, I think I, I think we got time for this last one here. You want? Um, well, I was going to I was going to address Lisa and Bo if they if you wanted me to. But go ahead, go that's ahead. That's fine. No, I mean to Lisa. You know, you're so embarrassed by the officer's actions. Yes, me too. It was stupid. It was it 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 didn't. It was um, thoughtless. It was a mistake. It was you know whatever but criminal criminal yeah good luck with that because if you start charging cops with like that criminally you ain't gonna have any cops oh wait what's going on oh yeah there's a real shortage of police officers around the country because of this um and it's unfair prosecution um and yes bo Never park on road tracks. Absolutely. Um, they should have known it was dangerous. Should have. Absolutely. Right. I want to know who hired two cops that were dumb enough to park a car on the railroad tracks in the first oh, place. Listen, Here's the much listen, bigger concern. Yeah, listen, it, it goes it goes well beyond that, that the 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 hiring and all that kind of stuff and parking on railroad tracks in the middle of the night. And it's not and don't think it, it's it's reserved for cops. Cops should know better. Firemen, a lot of first responders, you name it. Anybody for some reason, railroad tracks railroad tracks are a magnet for people that temporarily lose their sanity. I, I have no idea how how a car breaks down on a railroad track. How does a car break down on a bridge? But every time it does, so that's beside the point. Um, but this should never have been charged criminally. Period. Now, how about a pucker factor when you know you've just loaded loaded the chick in the car, right? And it's on the tracks, yeah. and you guys are like busy doing paperwork, just trying to like kind of like figure things out. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna? Who's gonna get charged with what? And all of a sudden, uh, you, hear, uh, yeah, you hear the first horn. <laughs> and you're trying, and you see them processing. You hear it off in a distance, and they're just like, they hear there, but they haven't put two and two together yet. And then, you know, they yeah. just before it happens, they realize what's getting ready to go down, and there's not a thing they can do about it. They don't have enough time. I mean, it's one of those priceless moments, is it not? The, the chick got messed up pretty bad. Um, yeah, listen, you get you get hit by a train. I don't care what you're messed up. Um, you can be a block away and have somebody else get hit by a train, and you're injured down the block. It's it. Listen, it's a, it's a horrific thing to see. And we used to see it all the time in Tampa, 50th and Adamo, or 50th and Columbus, or yeah, 50th and Columbus, 50th and Adamo, right in that area. There's railroad tracks, and it was a regular thing to have people stop, break Lincoln. down, try to go around the try to go around the the crossing arms, you name it. And I mean, get waffled. So it, it happens. Road tracks are an unfortunate reality. And goodness, like I said, another thing, I, I just, like I said, it came back from Kansas and there were many places that we were out there in, in the middle of nowhere and railroad tracks had no crossing arms, nothing. 
Wow. A couple of flashing lights, and that was it. So, yeah. Be careful wow. around river tracks. Well, hey, great show, David. Um, I'm glad you're on. Great breakdown of the uses of force. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad everything went good, you know, on the trip and that you're, uh, you're well-rested, hopefully. And the dog, the dogs are happy. That's the most oh, yeah. important thing. They got that out of their system. So, yeah, I know. Hey, uh, the Wounded Blue, thewoundedblue.org. Uh, I do want to mention Lieutenant Randy Suttons. He's from uh, retired from Las Vegas Metro Police Department. He's got the Wounded Blue. It's a great 501c3, helping cops out in the world of hurt that are suffering from things like PTSD and other issues that their departments are not necessarily helping them out with, or maybe they're not even being offered disability retirement out. So the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. A shout-out to our sponsors, Gauls, aufire.com, gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com, mymedicare.live, and the free press at tampafp.com, redvoicemedia.com. Thanks for hearing our content. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you back here Monday, 12 noon.